Hi, it's Bob from Royal Spa. Soaking in a hot tub full of Epsom salts is the absolute best way to minimize everyday aches and pains. And we know all about Epsom salts at Royal Spa. Royal Spa hot tubs are the only hot tubs on the market that can safely and effectively use Epsom salts. Made right here in Indiana, Royal Spa hot tubs are the highest quality hot tubs on the market. Visit any one of our three Indianapolis locations or visit royalspa.com. Ah, Royal Spa. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Network Indiana's Indiana Sports Talk. I'm Eddie Garrison filling in for the coach Bob Level. We're just weeks away from the start of high school football season, which means Bob will return for season number 30. But enough of chit-chat from me, the real star of the show. He will give you updates every 15 minutes, and that's James Adams. Thank you, Eddie. It is a pleasure to be with you here on this gorgeous Saturday night here in downtown Indianapolis on Monument Circle in the Network Indiana studios. Today we have got a lot of baseball to get through, some baseball highlights, some scores, a little bit about the IndyCar series in Iowa, and more. Starting off with baseball, the Kansas City Royals. They were in New York to take on the Yankees today. That road trip did not go well. The Yankees win 5-2. to two. New York scored in the first inning when Giancarlo Stanton, he singled to left. That led to a Billy McKinney score. Casey responded in the third when Nick Prado, he homered to right field. New York would answer right back when Glabar Torres, he hit a sack fly that allowed Anthony Volpe to score. Casey tied it up in the fifth inning. Michael Garcia, Garcia singled to center. Edward Oliveras, he scored. And then New York would take the lead for good in the seventh inning when DJ LeMahieu, he hit a home run. Stanton would add another home run in the eighth inning, and that would lead to your final score of 5-2. to two. I'll have more scores coming at you in the next 15 minutes. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. And it's for Network Indiana, I'm James Adams. Nice job, James. First one down. You've got several more to go. You'll hear James Adams every 15 minutes. The man behind the board keeping us afloat tonight is Jonathan Smith. You'll hear from him a little bit later. We'll talk about some pretenders and some contenders in uh, with the NFL because the Super Bowl is just around the corner. No, I'm just kidding. It's not around the corner, but it's always fun to talk about contenders and pretenders as training camp starts next week for the Indianapolis Colts players. Report on Tuesday Practices will start on Wednesday. You can purchase your tickets at Colts.com. They are at Westfield and Grand Park. All tickets are free to the public. Uh, So we'll talk about some training camp storing lines. Matt Taylor will join us. He'll kick off the 10 o'clock hour. Transition to the the Indiana Pacers. Summer League is over. Want to get some thoughts on Scott Agnes and how Jairus Walker, Ben Shepard, Isaiah Long, and some of the other players on the Pacers Summer League team performed out in Las Vegas considering some players did not play all five games, like Benedict Matherin and Andrew Nimhard and Isaiah Jackson. They only played two. Uh, Jairus Walker played four, and the rest of the players on the roster played all five. We'll get some baseball fix into, as you know. I love me some baseball, so we'll talk to the longtime voice of the Indianapolis Indians. He is synonymous with that organization. That is Howard Kelman, and that is at 1047, and then later tonight at 1130. Good friend of mine, you hear him all the time on these airwaves. That's Brendan King, the voice of the South Big Cubs. And sandwiched between the two of Howard Kelman and Brendan King, you will hear from 
James Boyd of The Athletic. Uh, we'll get into the Quentin Nelson celebrity softball game that was today at Victory Field. Talk about his predictions for the Colts this upcoming year, what he's monitoring with the Colts training camp storylines, uh, and then get into some contract debate with Jonathan Taylor, uh, Michael Pittman Jr., both entering the final seasons of their rookie contracts, and then a name that Colts fans aren't talking about enough when it comes to needing a contract extension. That's because when you think of the Colts, you think offense, just like any other fan does. So your mind is immediately drawn to Jonathan Taylor, Anthony Richardson, Michael Pittman Jr. But on the defensive side, Grover Stewart is due for a contract as well. He's entering the final year of the contract he signed. I believe it was three seasons ago. So he'll be looking for contract number two as he enters his age 28 season with the Indianapolis Colts. So that's what's to come. To start the show off, though, I want to talk about my monitorings with Colts training camp starting next Wednesday. I don't want to take the easy route here. Anthony Richardson for sure is the easy route to go because he is the future of the Indianapolis Colts, or, well, Colts fans are hoping that he is the future because there is a lot to prove. I mean, all the talent is there. He has the arm strength. He has the ability to move around in the pocket, something that the Colts haven't seen since Andrew Luck. And it, it's a little bit of PTSD right there when you bring up number 12 just because of you know how things ended with Andrew Luck. But that's what you're hoping for uh, from Anthony Richardson. You can hope he can develop into that franchise quarterback for the next decade so you don't have to keep drafting a quarterback season after season after season, much like the Cleveland Browns who were unable to get it right. And who knows, they may still not have it right, even with Deshaun Watson. He missed two years of football, so a lot to be proven on that front. But back to Anthony Richardson, you know he has the talent. He's got the arm strength. He has all the tools. It's just Shane Steichen and this coaching staff, Jim Bob Cooter, everyone in that organization and in that building at West 56th Street has to get it right. They have to coach him up. They have to play this carefully because – uh, he came in as a very, very confident, a loose 20-year-old, now 21, his birthday not too long after uh, the Colts drafted him. So you got to keep that because when you have a young player, their innocence is a real beauty because if they're young and they don't know any better and they succeed, look at the Cincinnati Reds, for example. They're not supposed to win. They're winning all the time right now. These guys just don't know it. So when you have immediate success, when you step on the field and the National Football League, it's good because it's like you're you're at an all-time high, and that's what the Colts need to see from Anthony Richardson. Now, do I expect immediate success with Anthony Richardson? Absolutely not. Gameplay hasn't been there yet in college. He's only played, what, 12, 13 games as a starter at Florida. He's got a lot to learn, and he's got a short amount of time to learn it. Uh, when you're trying to compare and contrast who starts between him and Gardner Minshew come week one, I think a lot of the uh, eyes should be turned towards those three uh, joint practices, the two with the Chicago Bears that'll be at Grand Park, and then the one in Philadelphia. Obviously, Colts fans will not be able to watch the joint practice out in Philly, but those are game-like settings because if all goes well on that front and he's taking the starter reps, you will more than likely not see Anthony Richardson in a preseason game just because that's how things go in the National Football League. You don't want to risk injury, but uh, it's a lot It's a lot to handle if you're Shane Steichen. Your first year as a head coach, you draft a franchise quarterback, a guy that screams that he's a, he's a Richardson, uh, that he's a Shane Steichen guy because of his ties with Philly and Jalen Hurts. So you just have to hope that they are able to get that turned around. When we come back from break, Greg Rakestraw had a pretty fun night 
on the pitch. We'll talk about that next on Network Indiana's Indiana Sports Talk. Welcome back to Network Indiana's Indiana Sports Talk. I'm Eddie Garrison filling in for the coach Bob Level. The word that he uses to describe our next guest is ubiquitous. I think I'm using it correctly when I bring on Greg Rakestraw. You hear him with the Indy 11 tonight. Uh, pretty historic night out at uh, Michael A. Carroll Stadium, correct? That is correct. It was an historic afternoon. The evening game was a solid one, a good result for the men. And against Tampa Bay Rowdies, one of the best teams in the league. But for the women, they claim the USLW League Championship win their fourth consecutive playoff game, beating the North Carolina Courage U23 2-1 in added extra time. Took 120 minutes. But rebuffed Jesuit grad Aliyah Martin hits the game winner for a second consecutive week, and Indy lifts the ultimate prize in amateur women's soccer in this country. I noticed the crowd turnout turned to be really good, too. 5,419 people sets a record for the most attended a women's soccer match in Indiana history. How was the overall environment, not only for the women's game, but for the men's match as well? Well, the men's game it was great, too, just because, again, um, you know, it was one price, got you a, a ticket for both matches. And for how wonderful the Brickyard Battalion is, and they provide the ultimate soundtrack to Indy 11 matches, both men's and women's. Um, for the men's match, the forecast was so gorgeous this evening on a Saturday night mm-hmm. that we tend to draw well when that's the case. And so I didn't hear a final attendance, but my guess would be we were between nine and 10,000 for the match, and it was just a tremendous crowd. But, Eddie, you hit it. You know, the fact that, that a, a women's record was set, and, and let me give you a little kind of how the sausage is made here, okay? Oftentimes when there is a – Uh, An announced crowd, it is tickets sold, not butts in seats. Mm -hmm. But because of the effort to break the record, I can tell you, the 5,400 fans, those were tickets scanned, not tickets sold. Those were tickets used in the building for the game. Over 5,400, hence the record-breaking effort in terms of a crowd and a tremendous effort by the ladies, largely from the state of Indiana, to bring home that championship trophy this afternoon. I would say, how do they build off of this? I mean, you're at the ultimate pinnacle. You win the USLW League in your second year. You go 12-1-1. So I guess, what, going 14-0 next year is the only way to go improve? Win them all. Um, and and I, I thought my partner, Angela Barry White, did a great job of kind of mentioning this at the end of the broadcast. You know, we've got a team that has five or six players that are former pros that have reclassified as amateurs. And, and how many of those want to continue to play? We also have this group of players that have just completed college and are trying to use this two to three months as a springboard to go play professionally. You know, there will be more of a chance to play professionally in this country as of next year when the Super League starts. You know, there are 12 current NWSL teams. There will be eight more playing in the Super League, which will be the USL Women's League. That starts in 2024. We as the Indy 11 have elected to begin playing that league in 2025 because that is when the new stadium will be done in terms of 11 part. So, you know, there will be more opportunities to play locally for some of those players, but could there be some roster turnover? Yes. But I guess Eddie, the, the phrase that you would say would be simply repeat. That's where you take it and build from here uh, when this group kind of reconvenes late April, early May. And, begins their third season at some point in time in and around May 10th. Gee, when you brought up the sausage, it made me think of Jim Mercy in that press conference, and that one right there made me think of uh, 
field of dreams there. If you build it, they will come. Uh, Rake, we got to hit a quick uh, break here and a quick update. You mind hanging out, uh, hanging around during the update and come back and discuss a different type of football? Well, since I think I'm in the upper quartile of conversation on this show, (laughs) yes, I'll be happy to hang around during these finely crafted commercial messages and the uh, scoreboard update presented by browncountylogcabins.com. Well done, a true professional right there in Greg Rexjaw. He'll join us coming on the other side of the scoreboard update from James Adams. We'll talk about those new Colts uniforms and what he's monitoring when it comes time for Colts training camp on Wednesday. That's coming up next on Network Indiana's Indiana Sports Talk. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Alrighty, Eddie, we're going to keep it right on Major League Baseball. Earlier today, the Colorado Rockies, they were in Miami to take on the Marlins. Good road trip for the Rockies. They win today 4-3. to three. Miami was in control of the game early. Joey Wendell, he singled left. That led to a Jesus Sanchez score in the second inning. Luis Arise, he tripled to right field in the fifth. That led to John Birdie getting home. And Jorge Soler, he would get a sack fly to center in the fifth. That would lead to Arise scoring to make it 3-0 in favor of the Marlins. However, Colorado, they would mount a comeback in the seventh inning when Nolan Jones, he hit a three-run home run to tie it up. Also getting home on that was Ryan McMahon and Elias Diaz. The Rockies would take the lead in the ninth inning when Randall Grichuk, he singled to left and McMahon scored. That would lead to your final score of Colorado 4, Miami 3. The Rockies are now 39-59 and 59 on the season. Miami is 53-47. and 47. Also earlier today, the San Francisco Giants, they were in Washington to take on the Nationals. That did not go well for the Giants. Nationals win 10-1. to It was all Washington from the start. Uh, Joey Manessas, he scored in the second off a Dominic Smith single. Kabert Ruiz, uh, Corey Dickerson, and C.J. Abrams, Alex Call, and Smith, they would all score in the second to make it 6-0 Nats. The Nats would add to their lead in the fourth when Luis Garcia got home and Lane Thomas off of a Lane Thomas double. And Abrams would score again. Thomas would get a run on his own. And Candelera would score as well to make it 10-1 Nationals. More updates in 15 minutes. I'm James Adams. Welcome back to Network Indiana's Indiana Sports Talk. Rounding out the 9.30 portion of the show. Bringing us back is Greg Rakestraw for his second segment. Voice of the Indy 11 he is the post-game show host of the fifth quarter huddle with Barry Krause and Bill Brooks with the Indianapolis Colts. And Rake, with training camp starting on Wednesday, earlier this week, the Colts unveiled an alternative or an alternate uniform. Uh, what were your opinions on said uniform and helmet? I like the helmet. Uh, you know, I, I thought maybe an alternate helmet, and I'm glad the NFL is going to allow teams to wear a second helmet. That's kind of been a stumbling block over the course of, of the last few years, and I'm glad to see they have figured that part out. I think the black helmet with the blue Colts logo is is, is pretty doggone good. Mm-hmm. I would say the uniforms have grown on me a little bit over the course of the last few days. I am not as big of a fan of, as, as others of, say, the solid color, of, say, the blue on top of blue. I like the contrast, whether that is those blue tops with, like, black pants or blue tops with white pants. I'll also say this. I'm a huge fan of what I think classic uniforms are. Mm -hmm. I think the Colts have a classic uniform. Well, I also understand the need to kind of mix things up a little bit. And so since, you know, the the throwback Colts uni is is not that big of a difference, having an alternate uniform is not a bad thing. And I look forward to seeing them them in action, I believe, 
on October the 22nd. Yeah, I think uh, I was talking to some friends about this when they were asking me about my opinion, and I said it's just kind of hard for them to do anything kind of unique with their current color scheme. I was like, if they really wanted to, they could do throwbacks every year, and I'd be perfectly fine with it because I think they have some pretty cool throwbacks. But I want to transition now into training camp storylines. Obviously, the first storyline is going to be Anthony Richardson and Gardner Minshew. How does Anthony Richardson develop? So I want to stay away from that. Uh, But to me, are you worried at all if Jonathan Taylor has a hold-in because of a contract dispute? Granted, I understand he's entering the last year of his contract. I would say I'm not worried early in camp. And let's face it, JT is not going to get a single down in the preseason in terms of those three preseason games. Not going to happen. Um, if, if this carries more than a couple of weeks in, I think there's a problem. If this somehow carries into the regular season, I think this is a major problem. I am curious to see if Jonathan views it differently because he is on the last year of his rookie deal. Uh, instead of saying, you know, this is not like the Colts has to play under a franchise tag. He's in year four. He actually gets his contractual freedom a little bit earlier than some backs do because he was a second-round pick and not a first-round pick. So there are a, a fair bit of extenuating circumstances here. And let's be blunt, you know, the Colts, I think, because of having a you know, rookie quarterback under contract for the next five years, have a little more salary cap flexibility to give JT some money. So I would hope there is some grace on his part because I do think the Colts want to extend him. I don't think there's much of a negotiating ploy that would be involved with that. How much would you be willing to pay him annually? Uh, you know, it's tough to say. You know, the salary cap number is 10. I think the Colts will go above that. I think it really comes down more to length of the extension more than anything else. My guess would be the Colts would probably be willing to go to three years. I'm not sure they would go to more than that. I honestly think it's probably guaranteed money in years more so than overall dollar figure as to where a, a, a point of a, of a dispute might come in between the two sides. Greg Rankstraw joins us on Indiana Sports Talk. I'm at a Garrison filling in for the coach. Bob Lovell, out of these three position groups, which one of them is most enticing to you in terms of that you'll have your closest set of eyeballs on, that being the tight end position, cornerback, and offensive line? You know, there, there's not exactly a lot of places you go, hey, I feel good about this with this football team right now, just, just to be blunt. Um, you know, the offensive line, we have almost just kind of assumed, hey, these guys have to get better, Right? Right? Um, I'm not sure there's anything that we will see until we get those workouts, obviously to some degree against the Bills, but the workouts against the Bears and the Eagles where we'll kind of see exactly where this team is from an offensive line standpoint. Tight end, I'm not that worried about. Uh, You know, I I think there's some young talent that is in the room. Um, But frankly, because you, you you have such belief in your top receiver and your top running back, I'm, I'm not as concerned about the tight end maybe as other positions are. And cornerback, man, I mean, this was not a position of strength. And then Isaiah Rogers exits the stage. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you trade away Stephon Gilmore, who was solid last year. You know, Kenny Moore had his ups and downs. I think he's still be one of the best nickelbacks in the league. But do you bump him outside? I mean, you're looking at, at a second-round pick and a guy that was an undrafted free agent last year, and those are your two best bets. A rookie corner, we all have a lot of belief in it as a local guy in Juju Brents, and and Dallas Flowers, who has shown some flashes, 
primarily as a kick returner and not as a cornerback. And those are your top two corners going into camp. So I'm I'm concerned of in, I'm concerned in this order: offensive line, cornerback, and tight end. And really, much more about the first two than I am the third. Agreed. I'd rank them that way as well. Uh, less than two minutes here. Uh, when you look at the offensive line and you look at the coaching staff, does Tony Sperano Jr. have the most pressure on him in terms of names on the coaching staff? Not name Shane Steichen. You know, I'm not sure how much pressure there is for this group, period, just because I'm not sure exactly what the expectations are. Sperano will have more just because there were not massive chains along the offensive line. You know, it was thought, hey, these guys have played great football in the not-too-distant past. Let's change the quarterback. Let's change the coach. And let's see if these guys can play better. So maybe more is going to be expected of him without other personnel moves than other position coaches uh, on, on either side of the ball. But, again, I, I you know, Pressure is always an interesting concept, and a lot of it comes down to what the expectations either inside or out of the room are. And I'm really not sure we got a good grasp on what those expectations are just yet. That's fair. Next week starts the Indiana State Fair, so I want to get your take on this. What's your favorite fair food item when you go to the State Fair? Anything fried. Fair. Anything edible fried screams Indiana State Fair to me. Yep. Totally agree with you there. Rake, I'll see you upstairs on the sixth floor on Monday. Thanks, buddy. Have a good weekend. That's Greg Rakestraw, the ubiquitous voice that is synonymous with Indiana Sports Talk, doing a variety of different things. You'll get that podcast later tonight. Coming up next at the top of the hour, you've got that five-minute scoreboard update with James Adams, followed by the voice of the Indianapolis Colts and Matt Taylor. A lot more to get to on Network Indiana's Indiana Sports Talk.